Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, episode 58. My name is Lizzie Langston. There's been so many new listeners here, so welcome if you are new. I am a mom of three kids. I am a postpartum coach for moms in postpartum anxiety and or postpartum depressiveness. And did I already say I'm a mom? Yes, I did. So I love my life. It's good. Today's topic is seriously close to my heart, and it's amazing. Before we dive in, I ask you guys for reviews, and sometimes some of you take a moment and do that for me. And I just want to honor one of those that has come in. And I want you to know that this is the only review with words and stars, not just stars, but like words and stars (laughs) that I've gotten in a little while. And so I'm totally going to spotlight her. I'm guessing it's a her. She sounds like a mom. Yes, she's a her. (laughs) And then I would love to spotlight you and your review. So if you haven't left me one, be a pal. I would love that. Okay. So this is a five-star review for this podcast. It comes from Riz2489. It was left on the 28th of July and it says thankful. She said, I was looking for a podcast just on postpartum and I finally found it. Lots of other mom podcasts don't talk much about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, which is a, which I think is insane because many moms I talk to have gone through some kind of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Thankful this podcast exists and will spread the message to other moms out there. Thank you. Awesome. So thank you so much, Riz2049. I don't know what your real name is. I'm going to call you Riz because I think that's an amazing name. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for leaving that. Okay, so today's podcast topic, are you ready, is your husband's porn use, postpartum. So I'm going to introduce my dear friend and fellow coach, Lindsay Pullman. But before I do, I just want to give a little bit of context to this topic. So postpartum can be a stressful time, particularly in the marital relationship where mama is more focused probably, or at least more than normal, focused on her body and the baby over potentially the the marital dynamics. And if I, you know, I'm not a man, but it seems that when less sexy time is available and also just when there's a lot of emotions, because porn use isn't just about sexual desire. It's also about a lot of emotions. Um, I don't know how much you guys do or don't know. So Lindsay's totally going to help us out and give us just some basic details as we go into this topic. But, um, if your husband was already struggling with porn use pornography, right before you were postpartum, this might be a time where it comes up for him possibly. So Without further ado, um, I'm going to introduce Lindsay, but before, again, real quick, before I do, I do want to say that what this episode is not, okay, this episode is not to make you paranoid about your husband's porn use, and we're not here to trigger your anxiety. We're actually here to give you tools and mindset hacks to help you stay in your lane, take care of yourself and your baby, and show up for your husband if this is a struggle of his the way that you want to. 
I also want to put out here, share this with a friend or a family member if they come to your mind, okay? If the Spirit of God places in your heart and mind during this episode somebody that might need this, if you know about a friend whose husband is addicted or regularly using pornography and your your friend is in distress or she's worried about it, like, send it her way, okay? Be the first one to break the shame chain because pornography and all of the things that are surround it are just, they grow with shame. And so we want to get these tools out. And I love the work that Lindsay does in this world with this topic. So, uh, but yeah, we're here to give you, Lindsay and I are here to give you clarity and peace, not fear and confusion. So without further ado, Lindsay Pullman, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Hi, so happy to be here, Lindsay. She's just the best, you guys. I was just thinking as you were talking, like, I love what you were saying about clarity because that's like the big, such a big, huge component of working through this. If this is something that is bothering you in your marriage or if there's something similar bothering you in your marriage. So, um, but yeah, basically I am a life coach just to introduce myself to you guys. You get to know me a little bit better. I'm a life coach for women trying to, or looking to free themselves from the pain around their husband's porn use so that they can live the life of their dreams. Um, and I would say that like, I'm kind of like a typical, like when I think about my, you know, being, I'm a Latter-day Saint. Um, I kind of grew up in this way space where I thought like, if I check all these boxes off, like, you know, get the education, get the degrees, like things should kind of like work out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, and I kind of did like the typical, like follow my husband around while he got his dental degree. And, and yes, like I was able to get my degrees too, but I also, it was always like, um, I was wanting to do it to always like work around him and his stuff like that. And so, um, but also I think it could be interesting for your listeners to know that like, um, before I found out about my husband's porn use, which he's very open about because he coaches men on it now. Wait, um, whoa, whoa. Did of- you hear that? You guys, her husband, his name's Danny Pullman and he coaches men on porn use. And so if your husband is like broken over this and so sh- ashamed, and just doesn't know, like, hasn't found somebody that he feels comfortable talking to it about it. Um, Danny Pullman, guys. So his website is going to be in the show notes. You can just Google Danny Pullman. It's P-O-E-L-M-A-N, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's like the man. He's so awesome. He's the so, man. Um, he used <laughs> to work as a dentist. <laughs> he used to work as a dentist. And then I think, you know, just because your listeners are postpartum anxiety, he, after working for three years as a dentist and like buying our house and Right after we had our third kid, he had a bunch of like anxiety and depression just totally come to a big, fat, ugly head. And he went from being like a six figure dentist to non-functioning, not working. And so like as a spouse supporting someone with anxiety, depression, like I kind of, it's kind of fun that I have, I like get that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, so that's kind of where I was. And I, I went into, I went, I started working as an accountant, but then at some point I felt I was feeling so much frustration and resentment around my husband and his porn use. Cause that he told me about that right at the same time as all that other stuff. Um, I just like got really sick of being really resentful and frustrated. And so I found a coach found so much healing and empowerment. And so now I'm like mm. doing the same thing for other people. And it's amazing. Yeah. You're it's such amazing. a gift. You are such a gift. So I'm so glad you're doing the work you're doing in the world. Um, I think that with the topic of pornography, because it's uncomfortable for typically for our husband and for us, um, Mm -hmm. we want to dance around it and shove it under the rug and kind of just wish and hope that it'll go away. (laughs) 
Yeah. This is the Latter-day Saints. Like if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, this is a typical reaction. Or even just conservative Christian, this is typically what we do. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's totally true. Mm-hmm. And like it's interesting because I used to ask my husband if he was looking but I would ask it in really unclear ways. So I never got like clear answers. And Cause you so, didn't really like, want clear answers. If we're being honest. Know. Yeah. No. Right. No, I we know. don't. Like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem, but yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And we have this big, scary narrative from our, our wonderful leaders who are doing their jobs in, in um, helping the youth of the church to understand this. And sometimes we take on um, fear and we we create fear in our minds and in our hearts. And then it doesn't help us either to end our to help our husband come out of his shame because we feel shame because we're afraid of it. So I'm just so excited because Lindsay talks with ease about this subject and she's going to give us some really great tips. I also want to tell you she lives in France. She lives on the southern coast of France and she and I, Marco Polo, regularly and I might go live there with her. So if you ever hear me announce on the podcast that I'm moving to France... I'm not going to go by myself. Like I would bring my family and, um, I wouldn't live with her. We'd probably live nearby, but, um, it might no, happen guys. We're going to start a big fat American compound. Yeah. Coach Ameri- American coaching compound or just non-coaches too. come meet with us guys. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Southern France. Yeah. Done. Okay. So the first question that I wanted to ask Lindsay to kind of talk about is what is the most common response that women have to their husband's porn use, especially taking into consideration the hormones and the emotions we already are having postpartum, right? And what do you, so what do you see the most? And then what, what does that create? And what do you suggest doing instead as far as your reaction or response to either finding out about husband's porn use or tracking it and Uh kind of all of that? Oh, such a good question. So I would say typically if you're like in an LDS Christian uh, background, like marital relationship, I think that it's really common for us to kind of become like activated. So like our fight, flight, freeze response is kind of activated. And so for some people, they might um, react in anger. They might get mad. Um, they might try to push blame or whatever, anything like that. Um, and then for other people, I would say that freeze response is more of like shutting down or dissociation from your body. Um, that's where I was when I found out. And my husband okay, wait, slow, was, like, slow down. These are like bombs of knowledge. <gasps> and they're so good. So break this down. So you're, so you're, okay. no, you're good. You're saying that women of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I would, I would offer like any woman possibly who, who may be yeah. on a moral level doesn't want or doesn't like or prefer that their husband looks at pornography mm-hmm. has two different usual reactions. They're either freezing or they are, they're like kicking into gear and like trying to super solve the problem or what, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like our lower brain kind of just kicks in and it's like, and it, this isn't the same for everybody. Like, I think if with all the knowledge and everything I know now, I think I might just get really mad, but it would be, or, you know, but, but typically it's like a fight flight or like a freeze type thing. And so for me, mm. my, my initial response is more of like, a, I really just kind of shut down. It's like, I didn't want to hear it. I, like I totally dissociated from my body. Um, what do you mean? And- what do you mean you dissociate? Cause this is interesting because postpartum, there's already a lot of dissociating from our body because there's a lot of pain in our body. Mm. And because we don't yes. think it looks very good sometimes, we have a lot, there's a lot of yes. newness with our body. So you're saying that women in their, like the spouse or, the, well, some spouses are men of pornography users. Women can use pornography too, as we know. 
But in this context, we're talking to mamas. And so the wives of somebody who's using porn as a coping mechanism. And so you're saying that, um, that she could potentially want to separate from her body because why tell me. So separation from self, it's, it's just like a protective mechanism that we do. And so it's a way to kind of, it's a basically a way to separate and like cut ourselves off from like feeling the intense emotions that that are going on. Okay. Now I want you all to self-reflect for a minute. I want you to (laughs) self-reflect because this is so good. Like, do you think this could be you? The reason I ask too is because a lot of my clients are pretty, yeah. are pretty out of touch with their bodies. And so there's a likelihood friends that if you're postpartum and you're worried about your husband's porn use and your postpartum, like those mm-hmm. two together, that you could be a little bit out of touch with your emotions as a way to be protecting yourself because there's so much on your plate right now, emotionally. And that's yeah. not because you're not yeah. doing anything wrong. It's just, that's going to like really hinder you in moving through this because your emotions are like guides to you. So Yeah. So what can they do then? What do you say they do instead? Or what's the solution here? No, I love that. And, you know, just for all of you adorable female listeners too, like I remember for me, like when this happened, I had a four-month-old, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. I was like in the thick of like the babies. And I remember just being like, well, of course this is happening now while I'm postpartum. I'm bigger. I'm not as quote-unquote aesthetically Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. So Um, you made his porn use about your body postpartum and about how unattractive you were that you felt like you were. Okay. Notice that friends. Okay. (laughs) So honestly, what I would say, if this is you and it's happened, I would say there's nothing you should have done instead because you did exactly what you knew how to do with the information and the, you know, the socialization and every, every experience that you've ever had, everything your brain has learned, you already did exactly what you needed to do to protect yourself. Um, but now, as you you know, as we're learning more about it, we can think about the future and like how we would want to respond and how we can respond with new tools, new information, and things like that. So instead, um, you know, we can just remind ourselves that first of all, like pornography is not about you. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> yeah. So his pornography use has absolutely nothing to do with you. Like it never did. It never does. And it never will. Whether he's stopped, he's stopping, he's not stopping, he's planning to stop. He's not like, it's never had anything to do with you. And we know this because, you know, with a lot of my clients, the porn use was happening before the marriage anyway. Um, so it really doesn't have anything to do with you. And sometimes we just think it does because of different things, you know, that we've been taught as we go through yeah. life. Basically. So what about women whose husbands have didn't look at porn ever really before getting married, or at least that's, that's what they've said, but then, but then they are now. So how do we know it's not about us? Give us like another example. Yeah. Well, so another example, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Um, I mean, basically like a porn, when a guy is looking at pornography, what is it about? Maybe. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so he's typically just trying to avoid a, a very uncomfortable emotion, whether it's shame or boredom or shame, boredom, disappointment, uh, guilt, whatever it is. Overwhelm, yeah. To overwhelm, that's a big one, actually. Mm, especially uh, postpartum. Avoid, yeah. Yeah, just like avoid feeling. Mm-hmm. And so his way to like numb out is looking at porn. You know, for some guys, it might be video games. For other people, it might be social media 
you know, and then so with our spouses that have numbed out with porn or kind of checked out or whatever it is with pornography, um, it's just the way that they've kind of avoided feeling something, but it really has nothing to do with you. It comes from them. They're thinking, you know, and everything that they're doing. Yeah. And what they're doing with their emotions. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Because Yeah. yeah. And I want you guys to think too, like, I would, I think it would be neat for you as the wife of, and I'm talking to listeners now of the, as the wife of somebody who's using porn, I would love it if we could get into some compassion today. Like that doesn't mean that you're not upset about it, but can you see how he is a human doing what a lot of humans do, which is they're feeling a big emotion. They're feeling a very uncomfortable sensation in their body. Let's take overwhelm. Like Lindsay said, for example, and they are looking at porn so that they don't have to feel that. And how do you do this sometimes? As postpartum moms, do we use Instagram like he uses porn? Do we use shopping from Amazon or Target, mm-hmm. right? Like we do this too. So kind of it's nice to just be like, okay, this is this doesn't have to be this big, bad, scary, shameful thing. This is really simple math. He has thoughts that are making him feel feelings like overwhelm and stuff. And that's what kind of triggers this desire to go over here and look at pornography so that I can get away from what's real, my real problem, which is that I don't know how to feel overwhelmed and I don't know how to stop creating overwhelm with this certain topic, whatever. Yeah. So, and it's kind of cool too, because like when you look at it that way, we see how reversible it is. It's just a little skill that we need to learn, which is learning how to process emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now I have heard talk of addiction and like that pornography can be addictive. So for the women who are like, mm-hmm. okay, I get what you're saying, but he's been looking at it right. for 13 years on and off. Like, well, um, so right. is there actually like a chemical thing going on and, and how do they, you know, is it really, can it really be that simple? How do people usually recover for, from this? I know like you're, you're not Danny and Danny's the one that's like actually done the recovering, but you've yeah. watched this process and you've been in this conversation for years too. Yeah. So what's your question specifically? So like, yeah, it's just how do, um, is there a chemical thing and does that make it harder for them to recover? Um, and, and how is that addressed or is that even a worry or concern or is it really just as simple as like what you do with your emotions and buffering? Well, I think if we, if we look at pornography use, just as you were saying it, you know, we have these thoughts and then we feel a certain way. We want to avoid the emotion. Yeah. Um, basically, if you think about it, when you are the way you are acting out or looking, you know, with that, whatever you're doing with your action, you're reinforcing like a circuit in your brain. Mm. And so when you, when you do that over and over and you get that temporary relief, then it like your lower brain's like, Oh, this worked, this, this worked. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. And so then, you know, a man, you know, in our case where I might be talking more about men specifically with porn, but, um, could probably go both ways. But in this case, then it's like when the man is like feeling overwhelmed again, his lower brain's going to offer up like, Hey, remember what worked last time? Mm. And then he's like, oh, okay. And it just kind of like reinforces it. So yes. I, I think honestly, like if your husband is coping with porn, it actually might be a sign that your brain is working right because he's just conditioned, he's getting in a concentrated hit of dopamine and just kind of like reconditioning mm. and hardwiring. Okay. But anything that is wired together, like anything that's hardwired can be like de-hardwired. I know it's not a word, but like, totally it is. if anything you've <laughs> created is totally, it's totally reversible. Uncreatable. So it's that needs to be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I love so, that. I mean, 
No, that was perfect. The way you talked about it was so empowering because you're like, hey, maybe there is a chemical. I I don't even like the word chemical. People talk about chemical imbalances with um, postpartum depression a lot. And it's like, what the heck are even brain chemicals? Like serotonin, these aren't chemicals. Like these are biology. So anyway, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, Well, an interesting, I mean, just real quick, if you think about it, when you have a thought, like there are chemicals that are released in your body and certain whatever gene is or isn't in your body, it can like express certain genes can start being expressed more. But I don't, Interesting. I, you know, to, to say that like we have an addictive gene in our family, like I, I would, I think it's a little bit more like disempowering to believe that because there's so much that we can create with our thinking. And like, if you were, like you said, completely different conversation, yeah. like, but like with epigenetics and everything like that, it's amazing what you can do with your brain. Yes. And the neuroplasticity, Right. Yeah. And your brain is so powerful. So you guys, I just want to offer if, if pornography is the central aspect of your postpartum depressiveness and or anxiety, and it's not even baby or your body or the, the roles or the overwhelm of motherhood, it's literally just like husband's pornography and your concern about it. I would refer you to Lindsay. I want you to work with her and I want you to go talk to her, consume her free content. So in the show notes of this episode, you can learn all the ways to get a hold of her and I'll have you, I'll have her tell you at the end. But what I understood from what you said, friend, is that, um, if there is a chemical dependency situation going on with the pornography, the solution is still the same because it's still reversible. It's just a matter of like, yes, that urge, you know, the more you use pornography as the the way to get away from the discomfort of the negative emotions that brought you to using pornography, the more dependent or desire and urge for that pornography, your brain's going to give you. But I remember when I went through weight loss, so I lost almost 50 pounds, um, using coaching and mind work as well as a structured food protocol. Um, going off of flour and sugar. I have a whole episode on that. If you want to go check that out it's in the podcast. But when I was doing that, I actually learned how to, pr- donuts were my thing. Like I loved donuts. And I remember one time, I think it was like a Saturday and my in-laws who I was living with at the time, they like brought home donuts and it was a no, like it was, I was not going to be eating one. And so I just had to sit there and like be in the room with the donuts and feel the urge. I didn't remove myself. I just process that urge. And so if I could do that with a shiny object for my brain, which was donuts, and I get it, I get it that like, maybe it wasn't years and years. Actually, it has been years that I've been eating donuts, (laughs) but there's like this, we put on all of this heavy weight with pornography. Like it's going to be harder and all this stuff. What if like, what if that doesn't have to be true? And I want to offer that the way you think, or the way your husband thinks about the recovery process for pornography is just as important as the process itself. I think it's more important how you think about it, right? Because if you have, like you said, there's so many different belief systems around the things that we do that don't serve us. Like mm, eating so all the donuts, like you go to the party, it's like, you deserve to eat the donut. Of course you, you like kept three kids alive. Like it's, you know, that indulgent, it's just yeah. like a mindset. And I think with porn, it's kind of, you know, they guys might have their own thoughts around it. You know, it's, you know, with a course postpartum life, it's like, he might have a belief system. Like, how can I go six weeks? without sex. Like if I can't get it from her at least six weeks, (laughs) not more. So yeah. And so what I would want to offer to you guys, see listeners is like, you know, what if that isn't even true? Like what if there's no scientific evidence to show that like men need sex a certain amount of times per week to, to be okay and to function. And like, 
you know, and how disempowering is it to men to think that they can't function unless they, you know, are physically intimate with their wife. And so I think one big thing, and if you don't have to believe this today, but it's like a part of you is like, huh, I wonder if that's true. Like, you know, one thing my husband talks about in his coaching is like, you can not look at porn and not have sex and you can still be a highly functioning human in the universe. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. Well, as so, women, yeah. yeah, totally. I think as women, sometimes we, okay, so this brings us into something Lindsay and I talked about, we wanted to talk about, <laughs> which is, um, supporting husband and his porn, his recovery from using porn as a, as a kind of a crutch for his emotional life versus mm-hmm. being like his coach or caretaker and playing the role of like following up with him and accountability and checking in on him. And, um, especially if he's asking you to do that, like, um, for yeah. sure, like you get to gauge what your comfort level is, but Lindsay and I were just talking about how that doesn't actually seem to be something that is even beneficial for him because he never has to go and leave. You know, he never gets to put down his shame. He keeps it because maybe you're the only place he feels safe with, with this, which like, yes, we want to be there, but also we want him to drop the shame because the shame is, is actually like feeding the cycle. So you want to talk on that a little bit? Yeah, no, I think it's such a great thing. I mean, I think like sometimes we think the most loving thing to do is to self-sacrifice at the expense of this man who doesn't have anyone to talk to. So, you know, some of my female clients will come to me and they'll they'll just say like, look, I'm the only one, like it has to be me. And I just want to offer you this idea that it absolutely doesn't have to be you. And if you don't have the capacity to, um, you know, to help him or support him in that way, it really doesn't have to be you. He can go find a free sponsor. He can go find a coach. He can or do Danny. so many other things. Yeah, totally. Or Lindsay. Like, the thing is, because Lindsay works with some. Course. You do you work with guys, or is it just Danny that does that? I do have a few guys. Most if it's a, if it's a porn addict, like I don't. Well, not addict, but if it's a guy who's like seriously stopping, wanting to stop looking at porn, like Danny's your guy. But I do have a few guys who, um, where it has been a thing but they want coaching on like their marriage and stuff like that work around there. Um, but, um, but I would say if it's like you, if you want to stop looking at porn, um, I would refer to Danny, but I do think some men, um, it can be helped healthy for men to have a woman hold space for them in a coaching situation. Cause that might be something that they aren't used to too. So yeah, just, but yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say releasing that shame. It's just all about, you know, that shame is going to keep them hiding from help essentially. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and probably is keeping them from hiding a lot of constructive conversation about it from you as well. And that's not a problem. And that's not even your problem to solve. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Um, here's what I wanted to add to this conversation. And I know Lindsay and I went over this too, is many times my friends and Lindsay had this experience. And so did I many times, um, the wife getting help for herself is actually the most powerful thing to demonstrate and lead by example in showing husband, Hey, 
the problems that I perceive to be real for me, which probably are different than the ones he's experiencing, I'm going to take time and resources from our family and I'm going to hire someone to help me with them. I'm going to free up our marriage in, in this one area so that I don't have to be leaning on you like this, especially if it's feeling heavy and feeling like nobody is sure how they're supposed to help the other person and we aren't, we aren't getting the results we want. So many times, um, Lindsay and I both, this was the circumstance where we were the first ones to go either get certified as a coach or hire our first coach. And later on down the road, our husband was like, whoa, from our results. Um, and just the changes we were able to make. And eventually on his own, like, on his own, he was, he made the decision to go hire someone for whatever he wanted help with. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, again, you want to be, do make sure you're doing that for you to make sure you're going to be okay. But the cool thing is, is like, I think Lizzie and I both were really okay. Like we got to a really okay place where they could have the space to just kind of be like, huh, maybe there is something I could learn here. Maybe there is something I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget like, taking care of yourself and like investing in yourself might be the best thing for you. I think it is the best thing for you, but I think it could be the best thing for him too. Right. Even if it's uncomfortable in the beginning, right? Like you not being his go-to every time he looks at porn, like what if the best thing for him and you is to kind of just like separate things a little bit, you know, because his healing has to do with him and his thinking and your healing has to do with you and your thinking. And I will say like, with me, like my husband looking at porn, like looking back, what it did is it just brought to the surface all of my beliefs about my body that I thought were gone and that I'd like shoved away. <laughs> mm. um, and so it kind of, what it did is it, it was like, it just brought everything to the surface that I already didn't believe or did believe about myself that was really painful. And that, that work is the work that I did to heal, you know? So Mm-hmm. accepting my body right where was that two months postpartum three months postpartum six months postpartum mm-hmm. um you know and even right now five years postpartum so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> thanks for yeah. sharing that that's so good I was also going to just kind of wrap up this topic too with um if you are going to invest like Lindsay said make sure it's for you and not so that you're secretly trying to lure him into getting help like this is where, and we're going to help you as coaches is to help you drop that narrative that like, you need to get him help, like stop that. He has agency. He's an adult. And yes, I get that you're scared, but this is just you managing all your feelings so that you give him the space and you, you kind of set down like maybe the manual or the kind of textbook thing that you think he should do with his porn use. And you just let him handle it truly. Like what would it be like for him if you just let him handle it. And when you're trying to fix, fix, fix him, you're kind of buying into the, this idea that he shares, which is that it's a problem and it needs to go away. And there's that shame there. So what if you were well, just, I, yeah, go ahead. I'll go, no, go ahead. Well, I was just saying like, what if you were just able to give him that space by taking care of you and getting your mind worked out on all of it? But yeah, what were you going to say? Right. Oh no. I was just going to offer that. Like you can totally do that and get really, really clear on healthy boundaries and, you know, get really clear on what you want your marriage to look like. So Lizzie and I, we're we're talking about self-investment and taking care of yourself and and all those things. This isn't so you can just become a doormat and not care at all about anything that your husband does. Like you can still decide like what you want to be a part of your marriage, but you can do it from a place of clarity and love for yourself so that you're not making decisions out of fear. Because I think that can happen if Mm. we don't allow ourselves to just get like, 
to, to be safe, really. Like, if we don't feel safe, it's like that fight, fight, right? And we might just want to, like, run away from our problems. Um, and so this way, you can get to this really healthy, healthy, healthy place mm-hmm. and get so insanely clear on what your marriage is, what you want it to be, what you're willing to, um, you know, what you're willing to have be a part of your marriage or not have be a part of your marriage. And you can do it with absolute love. Yes. I love that. Love for self and love for husband. So that was the last thing I wanted to ask you. And then we'll have you share where we can find you, Lindsay, which is what should any of us or moms, you know, my listeners, what should we do if we don't feel safe or protected in our home or with intimacy with husband, whether that's because of physical stuff that's happened or just the way we are feeling about his porn use. We're just now we're not feeling safe. Even if we've created that with our thoughts, like if that's the case, um, how, how to set boundaries or like, what do we do? What are some ideas? Oh, I think that's such a great question. So, um, yeah, I think it's really, it can be really helpful to think about safety. You know, you know, when, when we were kids, safety was sometimes like, we weren't always able to create our own safety. And I really like to think about how now that we're adults, we can be the creators and caretakers of our, of our safety. Um, and I think, creating safety for yourself is foundational and like for healing and working through anything, because if you're not safe, there's, you can't really think as critically or with the clarity that you want. Right. And so, mm-hmm. but the cool thing is with coaching, we, you, we can use our thoughts to our advantage to create safety. So I would just say like, if you aren't feeling safe, like first just notice, right. Like recognize any heightened emotions that you might be having, um, and be willing to remove yourself physically from any situation if needed. Um, And then again, like if your spouse wants to be consoled and you're not up to it, like you absolutely do not have to be that person. And you could just say something as simple as, you know, I love you and I don't have the capacity right now. And I did that a lot. You guys, like my husband would come to me, he'd be like devastated. He'd be, you know, the combination of his anxiety, depression. And when he would, um, you know, look at porn or relapse, he would be like devastated. And there were times where I just, it couldn't be me. Like I couldn't be that person for him. And and I was able to like have compassion for myself and, um, and that too. And, and then again, like if you are feeling triggered, take some time to just cool off and you can, you know, I'm sure Lizzie has awesome, like grounding techniques that she teaches or like I do. You know, anything you can do to just like get, yeah, like I'm sure there's an episode. Well, no, anything you can yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just, a song of mine came to mind actually. So I'm a songwriter and a singer as well. Oh, like, that's right. I have a song called I'm yours forever. And it's actually the favorite and most popular song on my pod or not my podcast, my album, enjoy the ride. And so I'm going to dedicate that to any wives that are listening who, who really are soaking this up and maybe even in tears. We love you. We see you. We've been where you are. But yeah, the Enjoy the Ride album is on iTunes, Spotify. You can just Google it, Lizzie Langston, Enjoy the Ride. Um, And I actually wrote those songs from a very similar place that many of you might be feeling and are at right now. So enjoy those. And for sure, I have a lot of calming exercises in my toolkit as a coach. For sure, like if working with me or working with Lindsay would be great too. Yeah. Yeah. So anything you can do to get present, if you're not feeling safe, like you can pray, meditate, meditate, practice mindfulness anything to connect with yourself, do anything where you can get something from the inside of your body to the outside of your body. So singing, writing, running, um, breathing. And then I think the big thing too, is like, understand that your body is yours. Mm. It is your body and you can choose what to do with it. So if you need to take physical space from your husband, if you need to take a break with, you know, being intimate with him, like you can totally 
do that out of love for yourself. And that's totally okay. Yeah. And let him deal with whatever comes up for him. And that might even be a great way for him to realize he needs help is when you do start setting boundaries. So again, setting boundaries could be the best thing you could do for him because what he's not doing if he's only wanting you to help is I don't like, he may or may not be, um, taking what he needs to do in the end, no matter what he's doing now, what we all need to do is take responsibility for our own emotions. Right. Yeah. Well, and I love thinking that, um, just real quick that like one of my colleagues told me once that Christ is the King of boundary setting. Mm. And I remember just being like, Whoa, Christ is the King of boundary setting. Tell me. Oh, well, just basically like he, he would set boundaries. Like if you look, you know, if you look through like scriptural examples, like he wouldn't, you know, maybe let things go to a certain point. And he just like, if you, I'm trying to, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like Christ is the king of compassion and like, and he's like the king of like setting boundaries. And, you know, Brene Brown, what does she say? She says something about, oh, the most compassionate people in the world are the people who have healthy boundaries. So I think when we can look at it that way, we can see that it's like a loving thing that we do for ourselves and then also for people that we love too. So it's not an un-Christ-like thing to take care of yourself. It might be the most Christ-like thing you can do. Now, if you're listening and you're like, I need help with this, then depending on if the, if the full emphasis and what your depression and anxiety centers around, then I'm going to have Lindsay give you Lindsay, give you her information in a minute. If it's, if it's like pornography is a piece of the puzzle, but you just want to learn all of these tools and just postpartum itself is feeling the hardest, then that would be me. So I'm at lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. And then Lindsay, tell us about where they can find you to talk with you about hiring you and also anywhere they can follow along your journey to like learn more from you. Oh, I love it. So my husband and I, we have a podcast. It's called Latter-day Saints Dealing with Pornography and Marriage. It's awesome because we're both on there together sharing so, our experiences. Latter-day Saints Dealing with Pornography and Marriage. Yeah. Right? And then I okay. have, yep. It's a and podcast. You can, you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Pullman Coaching or my website is lindsaypullmancoaching.com. And I have a great little like freebie in there about like how to feel less shame about what he does. Mm. Um, it's a little like webinar with an awesome little workbook. So fun. Um, I would just say like, if you want things to get better, like all you need to do is have desire for life to get a little bit better and it can totally get a little bit better. And then if it's a little bit better, it can get a little bit better. So Mm -hmm. if you want to have a better life, like just that enough, that desire is powerful enough to make some serious change. Totally. Yeah. And the belief that it's possible, which Lindsay and I are both living proof with Lindsay, it's, it's her husband's breakdown and pornography stuff. And then with me, it was my crux was postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Um, but we both, um, hired help and we both got to the other side and created that result. And there's no shame in needing help you guys. So we are here for you. We fully support moms and, um, you know, whatever your circumstances may be. Um, we hope that these tools were helpful. And again, the show notes, Uh, at the bottom of this episode are going to have everything you need to find Lindsay or me and we love you we'll talk to you next week on the podcast thanks for being here Lindsay Pullman of course thanks for having me Lindsay okay we'll talk to you guys next week hey Lindsay here I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression it's really easy for me 
So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple. And I will be calling you soon. 